Paige Turner. Today, the whole band is back. We've got everybody back. Kevin and Shane together, I think after three weeks, we've been uh, missing at least one of us. So it's nice to have both of you guys joining me together today. Now the collective IQ has been reduced. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's good to have everybody back. And um, we were just joking about, they were afraid I was going to ask them what today was. And I said, no, but then they did have something to tell me what today is. So why don't you guys share with uh, Kevin, tell us what today is. Today is six months till Christmas Eve. So that's important, but then Shane's going to make it even more important. So Shane, go ahead. Yes, uh, today is the birthday of John the Baptist, you know, the forerunner, the one who preached repentance at the Jordan River in anticipation of the coming Messiah. So it's uh, today, and, and really there are churches uh, the world over, uh, Orthodox churches, Catholic churches, um, and others that are, this is a day of, of celebration. It's a feast, feast day. I think that's the right word. Mm -hmm. And you didn't get me anything for it either. So that <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, why he's so significant is that he's always been understood to be the uh, link between the New Testament and the Old Testament, the ending of the old, the prophets of the Old Testament, and now he's the bridge leading to the new. So he is that prototype in between the Old and New Testaments. Nice. And he, and he was very comforting too, and a snappy yes. dresser. But you know what that's really fascinating to me is that uh, Mark's gospel in particular says that everybody flocked to hear John the Baptist preach. But when you look at the content of his sermons, they were so abrasive. I mean, all he preached was, you know, you, you brood of vipers, vipers. <laughs> you need to repent of your sins. And yet there was this huge attraction to that kind of preaching. I don't think it would be an interesting sociological study on the kind of preaching that people really long to hear. And we would never, we would never associate it with the kind of preaching that John the Baptist preached. And yet he had a huge following. You can try that. Yeah, I was going to say, you take some tips. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So June 24th. So that also means six months till Christmas, mm -hmm. which God only knows what that's going to look like. Well, that means there's less time before uh, Advent begins. So we're really Thanks. less than six months. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and really that, that could be another conversation later on is what is Christmas Eve going to look like if the pandemic uh, still persists at that point? But that would send us down a rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Shane, you used to ask in our staff meetings or sometimes Kevin would ask in a, in a bells or something like that, a bell meeting. Um, have you seen, have you had any God moments, like any moments where God is working in your life or is showing you something or, um, so I had one yesterday, but I, I hate to call it a God moment, but it kind of was a God moment. Um, okay. So this is a long story. So I'm going to make it really short. Um, we adopted our dog from the Lake Norman Humane Society. And when we adopted him, he had a brother. So we had to choose which one we were going to take home. And we had to leave one behind. It was devastating. So we took our dog home. And then eight months later, we had to bring our dog to doggy daycare. And when we dropped him off, they were like, we, he looks like a, another dog that's here. He looks like it's his brother. So long story short, we found 
his brother eight months after they were separated from the Humane Society. And it turns out they live three miles from us. Um, and it was a big moment. It felt like we had lost our uncle. We found, you know, like we found a family member and it was just the dogs were so excited to, I know, Kevin, stop laughing, but it was so funny. The dogs were excited to see each other. The Camp Wagging Tails was so excited to reunite two brothers. And so anyway, our dog hadn't been back. That, that, their dog goes to doggy daycare camp all the time. Um, we hadn't brought ours back for over a year because we hadn't gone anywhere. And yesterday I had to drop them off because we were getting our carpets cleaned. And guess who was there? Buddy, the brother, was there. But now to have a corona ending, <laughs> they're moving across the country at the end of the week. <laughs> So they were reunited one last time without us even knowing it. It was kind of like sad and happy at the same time. You're not impressed. But it was a big deal for us. Oh my gosh. Pet lovers will understand. I love pets too. I was just disappointed that, you know, your dog is Wrigley, named after the ball field, right? Yes. In Chicago, but it didn't, his brother didn't get anything but Buddy. That's sad. Buddy. Yeah. Well, and he's named after Buddy. Wiser. <laughs> they kind of go <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah, and that dog, yeah, that dog, I think, may, well, I don't know if he got a better life than our dog. I, I do wonder, like, if Wrigley had ended up with them, you know, he'd be living on the lake and going to doggy camp every week and now moving across the country. So, anyway, that was, a, it was the first time <laughs> in probably months that there was something that was like, exciting that happened that was not corona related or you know it was just kind of it was a happy moment for all of us that they were reunited there, there you go know. thanks karen for that um <laughs> you know i will tell you that uh, I, I will tell i will say you know i've gotten questions maybe kevin you as well for, have as well from youth or other people who have lost a pet and they they've asked like you know is it is where is my my pet now Where, where's this companion of mine and of course the church doesn't really have an official statement on the post-mortem existence of our animals but you know what what i will say is that i share with uh, some of the families a verse from romans chapter 8 in which paul just says that all of cre creation will be redeemed all of creation will be restored and I say, you know, we, we cannot make a definitive pronouncement on you know, the afterlife of any kind of creature. The assumption has always been in the ancient world is that uh, animals lack a vivifying soul that, of course, we have. Um, but isn't it interesting that Paul says all of creation, all of creation will be redeemed and aren't our pets, aren't the animals a part of that? So there's a little bit of hope for all of our animal lovers there. We've been pet free for a while now. Uh, we've had cats. I, you know, I had a dog growing up. We had chickens there for a little while. So right now we don't have anything other than the children um, to, uh, to clean up after. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> are you are you getting an antelope now, though? Is that what's happening after today? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kevin brings this up. My my wife and children they go to the this animal farm where you drive through and pet the animals that come to your car. <laughs> There's an antelope who ripped off the passenger side view mirror of, uh, of our car. And of course, the car is so old now that taking the mirror off actually increases its value. So I don't know what we're going to do about, uh, you know, fixing it or anything else, but there, there's our adventure for the day, everybody. 
Oh my gosh. Did she get it on video? They must have gotten it on video. You know, Davis, my son, he actually had the recording going and he turned it off just before the antelope ripped off the, the mirror and then he brought it back and the mirror's just kind of dangling there. <laughs> it was tr pretty traumatic for him, from what I understand. Oh, no. It's going to be terrifying. But that's, uh, I told you, next time you should spring for the, the bucket of feed. <laughs> oh, Wait, so you, didn't, you didn't have the bucket, they didn't have the bucket of feed when they were going through? Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't asked them that question. I, I'm sure they I, did. That's why they come to the car, because they know they're going to get fed. Yeah. Oh, I know. It, I know. Yeah. It is traumatizing. I mean, they stick their heads in, they make a mess, they jump. It's like you got a zebra in your car. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I hope, I hope that antelope isn't in heaven, Shane. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's yeah. not dead yet, although I might want to kill it after I get the bill. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay, well, enough about pets. I'm sorry you didn't enjoy my story as much as I did, but oh, I enjoyed it. I'm sure you did. Um, on to a more serious topic, I guess, for our topic, our main topic of discussion today is prayer, which is interesting because prayer sounds pretty simple. It's like a basic thing, like, you know, eating and breathing and praying, but it's really not. And um, Shane had suggested, hey, maybe we should talk about prayer. And I'm like, okay. But there's a lot to it. And um, when I started doing some just quick research on prayer, there are thousands of books on how to pray, which I thought oh, was yeah. interesting too. Like, look at all these books on how to pray. You just pray. But apparently, you, some people would like some guidance. But one of the things before we get into some of my questions for you guys is I did find uh, there were some different studies um, on prayer, some polls. And so this one is a few years old, but it was the frequency of prayer. And it pulled percent of adults who pray at least daily, weekly, monthly, or never. So what percent of people do you think pray daily? 15%. 15? Mm -hmm. Kevin? like is the price is right i'm gonna say 30 percent because i'm more optimistic about people <laughs> actually 55 percent oh people. that's excellent excellent oh, yeah 55 percent you gotta edit out what i said then. you can't let that stand 16 percent are weekly six percent are monthly 23 percent are seldom or never one percent don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know if i pray Here's another question for you guys based off of the study. It was kind of fascinating, actually, for me. I like numbers. Um, what religious group do you think is the highest that prays daily? I would say, uh, if I had to take a guess, it would either be Orthodox Jews or Muslims. I'd say Muslims. Okay. So Muslims are at 69% of daily prayer. It's actually the highest is Jehovah Witnesses. Mm. They're at 90%. Mormon Mormons yeah. are 85%. Historically, Black Protestants are 80%. Evangel evangelical Protestants are 79%. Muslims are 69%. Orthodox Christian, 57%. 
And then Jewish for 29%. Hindu, 51%. So it's interesting just to see the sure. Jehovah Witnesses. I was like, whoa, every day. Um, okay, here's, here's another one that kind of was interesting. Who do you think prays more, men or women? I like I'll say women. I don't, don't answer. I think this is a trap. <laughs> it probably is. And I've been wrong every time so far. So I'll say, I'll say women. I think women. Yeah. Too. No, it's actually, well, okay. So if we look at it, women pray more daily. So 59% of women pray daily, 41% of men pray daily. But then once you start getting into weekly, it's 49 and 51% and 59 and 41, the men actually, well, because they're not praying daily, so then that's why their numbers are going up, because then they pray once a week or monthly. So, but I thought it would be a bigger gap, but there's not a bigger gap there. Um, they broke it out, out by age as well, of course. Um, I was impressed to see 16% of 18 to 29 year olds pray daily. That was reassuring. Um, but that the age brackets, there wasn't that much significant variation. This one is, this is my last little chart that I'll bring up because this one was interesting to me. And I, it was interesting that they even posed this question. Belief in God by frequency of prayer. So I'm thinking, well, who do you pray to if you don't believe in God? Like that, that was really interesting to me. So there are people that don't believe in God that are still praying, they don't pray daily, but they pray weekly, monthly. Isn't that it? like 5%? So who are they praying to? I would say it's just a response to, um, to the transcendence uh, around us. We, we all respond to that. I think it was uh, G.K. Chesterton, or maybe he was quoting somebody else who says that the saddest day in an atheist life and of course, we're not here to just, you know, let's, let's stereotype atheists. Um, but he said the saddest day in the atheist life has to be when something wonderful happens. And the atheist looks up and realizes he has no one to thank. Um, that there is something that wants, that, that calls us out of ourselves. And you could call that a, a kind of prayer. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Shane, why don't you start us off with, can you just defined what is prayer like what's a well, simple uh, let me first say what what gave me the idea just to even talk about this is that i have had more requests to preach a sermon on prayer than anything else which is interesting and i've always heard the request i'm like well, what am i going to say you you do it um but then when you think about it think about the disciples in their relationship with jesus you know if you they never really asked the lord hey lord teach us how to preach uh, hey, Lord, uh, teach us how to serve the poor. But they did say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And that's when uh, Jesus gave them his, his prayer, the Lord's prayer. I would define prayer. Um, I will use the words of St. Therese of Lisieux. She's one of the great uh, saints of the church. Um, she describes prayer as a surge of the heart to God. It's, it's a surge of the heart. I love that language. It's a surge of the heart and a, a lifting up of an embrace to God uh, into the heavens. 
And so what we are trying to really do in prayer, it's, it's an activity where we're trying to uh, forge a union between our will and God's will, where we're trying to unite our hearts with the very heart of God. Most people want to talk about the techniques and the methods, and maybe we can get into some of that today. But at its core, it is a union between lover and the beloved, where we are just in the presence of our Lord, making ourselves available to God in such a way that like a potter shapes the clay, we are allowing these moments for God to shape us, even if we don't feel anything. And, you know, maybe we could get into that. Some people say, I don't feel anything. That's really irrelevant to prayer. It's not about trying to feel or experience anything, but we want to make ourselves available uh, for God to form our hearts so that we might unite our wills with his. So there are different types of prayers, actually. There, when I was doing some research and reading, and, and we've, I've seen these, you know, just from our bulletins at church or some of the prayers that we do, um, you know, is it important that we do all these certain types of prayers? Or Kevin, why don't, do you, can you share with us the different types of prayers that there are besides just your individual prayer? Right. There's corporate, yeah, there's corporate prayer and there's intercessory prayer. And, you know, when we do what we call the prayers of the people and the, and the worship service, we try to um, structure those, I think, to be as inclusive as possible for everyone uh, so that everybody can can pray that. I think that's what Shane talked about, about the, uh, you know, the, what is corporate prayer? What is praying together? You know, early on in my ministry, I, I remember someone saying, when I said, sometimes I just don't feel like praying, like Shane said that, you know, and someone said this, I mean, this is when I was in grad school. He said, uh, it's okay in the liturgy. That's why we all pray together so that when you can't pray, I can pray for you. And that, you know, comes from scripture, right? Like prayers, you know, whether you don't have words to pray, the spirit will pray for you. Uh, that's the, a really important part of worship that I think a lot of times we can kind of gloss over, but it's very important, the prayer of confession, to say we've messed up, that then we end up praying and asking, making supplications to God and uh, asking for help. And it's a lot about listening as it is about asking. Yes, I will say uh, here early on in our conversation is that prayer is fundamentally essential to holiness. No one can grow in holiness without prayer. It is essential to the life. And I would say most of the time, people don't feel like praying. I don't really know anyone uh, who just cannot wait to begin to pray. Uh, it's a discipline before it is a something that you feel like. So it's got to become a discipline in our lives, something that we do and not to worry so much about the trying to experience God, you know, that language a lot. We got to experience the Lord, experience God. Everybody just needs to understand that God's spirit is, is transcendent. It is supernatural. Feelings are natural. Can the supernatural affect our feelings? It can, but it transcends it. There will be many times in the prayer life where you feel nothing because grace cannot be reduced to a feeling. It's the presence of God who transcends our feelings and our emotions. Um, so I always tell people, don't worry about 
I didn't feel anything. Mm. That's not the point. The point is not the experience of God. It is uniting with God through God's own grace. Yeah, I've heard it kind of described, uh, I'm not one to go to the gym, but I've been told that's like that, that you a lot of times don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go run a mile, but you do it because it's, you know, it has lasting benefits. That's a great analogy because, uh, because that person wants to be in shape. Um, a musician, Kevin, you had to practice even when you didn't feel like it. Why? Because you want to be an excellent musician. Our vocation, I will say this all the time. I say it every All Saints Day, I believe. Our primary vocation, our primary call, Karen's call, Kevin's uh, calling, mine, anybody listening, is to be holy. We're, we're called to be holy. And prayer is the means, uh, really a primary means, to achieve uh, our very end while we were created. So going back then, so I, I pray, but I, I'm probably not praying at the level that I should be praying. So I'll pray when I have quiet moments or, you know, if I'm by myself in the car before I go to bed at night. But I know it's not like the true praying. Like, so, and um, Timothy Keller, who's a pastor and also has written a ton of books, he wrote a, a book on prayer. So I was kind of reading through some of his stuff. And he was talking similar to what you guys were just referring to about the gym, that if you were, you know, told you were dying and you needed a medicine, you would take that medicine every day. And he's equivalent to prayer should be the same thing. You need to do this every day. It's not, it, it's, it's for your life to make you better. So, um, so I think what we're talking about now is taking it up a notch and not just praying when it's convenient for you to pray. It's praying, like setting a certain amount of time aside and praying. So let's dig deeper into that. Like, you know, how much time do you set aside and, and what do you pray about? And how do you, like, do I have to be kneeling on my hands and knees? And do I have to have my eyes closed? Do I have to? So, um, Kevin, why don't you share with us <laughs> how often you pray? How do you pray? What do you pray for? But just, I mean, just give us a synopsis. Do you set time, time aside to pray? I pray in the mornings and the evenings. Wow. Um, I mean, it's not two hours. And I want to go back to what you said. Like you said, you pray but it's not at the level. I, I would say most clergy I talk to, Shane can dispute this, all kind of feel like failures at prayers too. Sure, especially uh, or uh, saying audible prayers out loud oh. in the company of others, yeah. That's, yeah, oh, that's hard. Um, and it's, uh, you only know, get better by, once again, by doing it, just like practicing. Um, I think we live in this world. I, so I, I, I said last week, I grew up in this evangelical tradition and um, I think we live in this world where we want a manual, you know, to how to do this. Um, and I would say to people listening, watching, uh, Jesus gives us this format with the Lord's Prayer. And if nothing else, pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but if you're looking at how to structure your prayer, um, structure it after the Lord's Prayer. You know, Jesus says, Our Father, so address God. Uh, there's another famous youth group uh, formula for praying, Acts, which is uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication you can structure your prayers that way i mean i think now more than ever uh, when i want to fix something in my house i google how to fix an ice maker uh, mm -hmm. 
but it's not un, out of the realm of possibility that I would need help structuring prayers. I used to feel really guilty at night uh, that when I would pray, I'd fall asleep. Um, and then there was some clergy workshop I did, and, and I asked that question. It was centering prayer. But I just fall asleep, you know? Uh, and the, the response was, what better way to go to sleep but resting in the arms of your Savior, that God is holding you as you fall asleep? So I don't feel guilty about that as much anymore. I do try to start a little earlier uh, so that I'm not so wiped out. That's, that's, that's my personal prayer practice. How about you, Shane? Well, I, I would say at the, at the very top, the, you, you had mentioned taking the time every day. That's, that's the critical first step. I was very convicted by the words of a pastor. And uh, it's one of those moments where the words go right, it went right into my soul. And he said that we always have to remember that we call Jesus the Lord of our lives when he is. And that also means he's the Lord of time because we are in time. And if we don't take the time every day to be with our Lord, he is not our Lord. And that just went right into my soul. So it's so important to take the time. Um, all the great, uh, you see the same pattern, the same council down through the centuries started in the morning. Now there, there are morning, non-morning people listening to this podcast, oh my goodness. But the, the, the council still remains. Start your day with some form of prayer. We can go into how I pray. I, I pray uh, what's called the divine office. Uh, people can Google that, the liturgy of the hours. And it's basically the Psalter. We, it's a set of Psalms every day. And over a four-week period of time, it just resets back to the, the same set of Psalms. You go another four weeks, it resets back to the same Psalms. You don't have to really do anything. You can actually be in the very silence uh, of your own self, centering yourself. Uh, some of the great uh, mystics say you just think of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Kevin mentioned the Lord's Prayer. You can say the Lord's Prayer, but you can also slowly reflect on each of the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. What does it mean that I'm calling God Father right now? Um, and always understand that the Lord wants to welcome us into his presence like the father of the prodigal. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't, want, I don't know what to do. No, we, 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 he welcomes us always. Um, but we've got to set aside the time. That's the one thing I want everybody to hear. It's, it has to be a discipline. And then over a period of time, once it becomes a discipline and, and it becomes habitual, then it becomes second nature. Then it's e actually easier to do. Uh, so I would advise everybody else, first, start out, don't go any longer than 10 minutes. If you're, if you're just starting out, I would say more than 10 minutes or 15 minutes. It doesn't need to be any longer than that. You can go longer. Some of the great sages say it should never be more than an hour per day, ever. Don't ever go that long because you've got other responsibilities that you have to take care of. Read some Psalms. The Psalms are important because these are prayers. These are inspired prayers of the Holy Spirit, the saints of the Bible praying these uh, prayers, and the church teaches that the whole life of Christ is contained within them. His feelings, his life, his death, his resurrection, it's all there. Become familiar with the Psalms. Another uh, uh, practice, and I could go on, I don't want to go too long, it's reading through the Gospels a little bit at a time every day. So you start with Matthew, 
and you read all the way through, however long it takes you to the end of John, start all over. Read from Matthew all the way to John, start all over. Uh, it could take you a year to do that or months. But the point is, I am making myself available to you, O Lord. I wish for you to do what you will with me, regardless of whether I feel it. And before I get too long-winded, one more thing. Do not get attached to your feelings that happen or to the visions that you might see. Because sometimes what we can do is we can get addicted to this. Oh, I felt so much comfort and so much joy. And then you pray the next day, I didn't feel it, something's wrong. No, whenever you get a vision or whenever you feel something, uh, the great uh, mystics would say, toss it behind you. Yep, you're, don't, don't get attached to that. Because what you're after is not the visions of God or the feelings of God, it's God who is neither contained in a vision or in a feeling, but making yourself available. That's so critical. I'd also like to say that, oh, to that point, it may be necessary that you have to pray in different ways. The way that I prayed as a 16-year-old in youth group, I eventually found wasn't working. And that was a crisis of faith, like Shane just said there, like, ooh, there's a problem with that. Well, yeah, the problem was me, not with God. And so I had to change the, relate, the way I related to God. Yeah, and not to turn it into a session, you know, I heard someone else say that sometimes we can come to God. He's the Lord. He's, the, he's our creator. We can come to him. Oh, Lord, here I am, a, a man or woman uh, made of dust and ashes, a sinner. Here are my orders for you today. Here's what I need you to do for me today. <laughs> it's not so much that. It is, I know, here I am for you. And by starting your day off with prayer, you're, you're, you're consecrating the day. Hmm. And that's why the great uh, contemplatives say, you know, morning is just key. Th those are some very, very, very interesting and helpful points for sure. Um, I guess I look at it when you were talking about reading scripture and stuff. To me, I never thought of that as praying if I'm reading the Bible. But I guess it is. I mean, I think you have to read it differently. You have to read it actively. You know, what, what, is, what is God trying to say to me in this scripture right now? Like, reflect on that phrase, you know. How would be thy name? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. I would say don't think of it as reading. Um, there's a practice called Lectio Divina that's really, pra uh, really uh, popular, divine reading. And you're taking a small portion of the scriptures and you're reading it slowly. You're chewing on each word as you're looking over it. And what word do you keep snagging yourself on in any passage of scripture? Well, stop right there. Even if you got only, only three words into a verse, stop right there. It could very well be that the Lord is trying to communicate something to you. Uh, on that very word. So it's not just reading as you would read a newspaper. It is a, a very slow process of chewing on the scriptures, on the text for that day. Um, one of the things that the youth group did a couple of years ago was they went to a prayer room, which was down in Charlotte. I think it's moved since then, but my daughter was so intrigued by it. So she brought me to it. And I have never seen anything like it before ever. If you've ever, I know they have them across the country, um, but they're just little rooms or buildings with these 
sections. But what was so amazing to me was it was very visual. So people would write their different prayers in different sections. Like one was that was a whole wall of post-it notes was write your prayers. One was write what you hope to achieve, write your sins, write your whatever. I mean, there was like different areas. Or even if you, um, in Blowing Rock, there was a, a store tree. outside and it had a, this garden with a tree, became the prayer tree. Thousands and thousands and thousands of prayers. So to me, it's very like, you know, we just have our own little prayers that we pray for. But when you look at those massive prayers, it's really, it's, 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 it's inspiring, but you're also like, wow, like, I don't know. I, I just, I love, again, the visual side of things and seeing all of those prayers, what people are praying for, people praying for the prayers on the prayer tree and stuff. And the same in the prayer room. Um, it would be neat if we had something like that in our area. Um, I don't necessarily mean that gives, that doesn't mean we don't still pray ourselves daily, but you know, to have a place where people could go and leave their prayers behind for others to pray for. Um, well, well, Jesus talks about going into your closet. Um, we can take that literally if we want, but I do think having a designated space in your home every day that's set apart from, from everything else is, is a really good first step. Keep it simple. I always encourage people, don't worry about the you know, reading scripture and reading it well or having a journal because we can, we can turn this into a, a complex system. It's simple. We need to keep it as simple as we can um, for ourselves. So simplicity, what works for you, but as a discipline, you do it anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to make myself available to God I will say, maybe Kevin is the same experience for him. I seldom offer requests to God. Um, I will pray for people who have asked me to pray for them, but I don't say, Lord, here's what I need. I just simply make myself available and trust that the Lord already knows what I need. I just want to be in union with God. Um, distractions come. People say, well, I would pray, but I get distracted. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you all get distracted. But the Lord is pleased with your effort, even to pray itself. So when, you know, some fleeting thought comes through my mind, again, I just toss it behind me uh, and then resume uh, my work. So we all really experience the same difficulties in prayer. We really yeah. do. And Karen, I want to go back. I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't make a plug for this, but we do have a room in the church. Yes. can come and pray. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, right now that's not possible, obviously, because of the, the pandemic. Uh, but there are some faithful people that come and, and they they sign up. Um, I don't think you have to sign up. I don't know. I don't get in trouble with those people. But it's open a lot of days um, where there's a kneeler and there are devotional books that you can read and really not fighting. Um, and it's quiet to do that. Yeah, I think we need to maybe not promote that more, but let people know that that's accessible for people to come to the church if they'd like a place because the sanctuary is always busy and stuff. So if people really truly needed a place to pray in the church, we, we should let people know where that is. Yes, um, before we uh, wrap up, um, having a designated place is good. Brother Lawrence, uh, Kevin, did you ever read the, the track <coughs> Lawrence? Uh, and it's really popular, very small. Everybody should read this. Every Christian should be required to read the practice of the presence of God. And Brother Lawrence was a monk and he washed dishes. He was the dishwasher for this community. And he wanted it to be such that the experience of God 
or the presence of God that he experienced in prayer to be no different in prayer than it would be while he was washing dishes. So he wanted uh, the, the, the presence of the Lord or his consciousness of God to pervade his full reality. And so it's a wonderful small tract where he talks about how he managed to do that. I know in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, they call it the Jesus prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you are to say that over and over and over and over again in your mind. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Well, after a period of time, it's constantly running in the background. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so you're always in a kind of state of prayer so that when you have conversations with people or you have an encounter during the day, it's not divorced from your understanding of God and in his presence, like God's here saying something to me. So let your whole life then become a form of prayer. Prayer is the soil though. I can't focus, I say that enough. It's the soil from which everything in the Christian life fruit that's fruitful grows. If you don't have good soil, you're not going to have good growth. Excellent. Well, you've inspired me. <laughs> I need to, Make time to pray. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, discipline. It, it's, a, it's a discipline. So that's definitely. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis uh, often talked about how he really struggled with prayer. I mean, it was hard for him to do. Uh, and some people, they it's a gift. It, it, it comes easier for others, but it's a discipline for all of us. Kevin, any last tips or advice on any on wrapping up prayer? Just do it. <laughs> there, there it is there it is yep and there are lots of resources out there i would just start out with your psalms or silence start 10 to 15 minutes a day and do it daily make it make it a priority of yours and there are rich rewards that come with it um the lord will shape you in ways that you will not uh, notice and if you fall asleep in prayer i remember there was a friend of mine he's still in ministry i told him I said, I went on this retreat and I prayed. I was by myself. I didn't have the internet or anything. And I kept falling asleep. He says, you know how uh, surgeons have to put you to sleep when you've got a real bad situation? And I said, he said well, sometimes the Lord has to put you to sleep. He's got to do some real surgery on your soul. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I like that. I mean, he's teasing, of course. Um, but it's a gift to pray. Um, we all need to learn how to pray it. And there are resources out there. And if, and if anybody has any uh, comments for me, would like to know a little bit more, email me. Same. Wonderful. Well, as always, it was great talking with you guys today. It's good to have everybody back. Um, thank you for joining us or watching or listening. If you have any topics or questions that you would like us to discuss, please email me at kpayne at davidsonumc.org. Um, again, thanks for joining us and we hope you have another fantastic week. Take care.